Are you up for a, an adventure? Feel adventurous? I know. Maybe not. Adventures are uncomfortable. You don't know what's on the other end waiting for you. You jump out there thinking, eh, I got cold feet here. They said it was going to be this and it turned out to be that. It never seems to work out. I don't know. Are you up for an adventure? Uh, starting Thursday, uh, the 24th of March, we're, I, we are asking you to join us on a spiritual adventure. Ready? We're asking you to participate in a 21-day fast to seek the face of the Lord. That sounds intimidating, and it doesn't sound like fun to me. Of course, the religious world calls this the season of Lent. Right now, we're in it. That 40-day period from Ash Wednesday to Monday Thursday, which is the Thursday before Good Friday. Are you following me? The date is March 2 through April 15th. We're right in the middle of that. Of course, the early church fathers, those who came before us, designed a 40-day fast to remember Jesus and his time of temptation in the wilderness. And that, so that's kind of the, where it came from in the religious world. But you won't read very much about Lent in the Bible because it wasn't established until a few hundred years after Jesus went back to heaven. So there's that. I did not grow up with the tradition of Lent. It was all very mysterious and confusing to me, like this sign that was found in an office building. Check it out. What do you do with that sign? Okay. Uh, wow. You know, I, it's confusing. It's just um, I grew up thinking Lent was some kind of a second chance at the New Year's resolution, I guess. You probably couldn't keep it for the whole year. You probably already blew it. But it's springtime. Here's the chance to at least maybe get it right for 40 days. And so my friends who were in that tradition talked about it some. I don't know. For a long time, I dismissed the whole idea as a religious tradition that really didn't bring any change. It was just a tradition. But over time, especially living here in western New York, I've watched how our culture embraces the idea. Yes, there's the punch keys and the fish fries. Okay, that's a benefit. There's something about that. But it goes beyond that, I think. And I, I think you see it as well. People are more open to spiritual matters during the season. They're more interested in cleaning up their lives, doing something right, getting closer to God. They can't really put it into the best words, but that's the urgency. They want to do something. Lent comprises three ideas. You give up something, you help somebody in need, and you pray. That's the three basic ideas. Uh, last Sunday afternoon, Deb and I were driving over to UB, for a dance recital. Yes, we attend those sometimes when relatives are involved. And we saw a Girl Scout selling cookies on the corner of North Forest and Maple. Intersection right there. Unfortunately, it was a very snowy and windy day. And we were almost by before we realized we, we recognized somebody from the church there selling cookies. We thought maybe that was them, but I don't know. They were all bundled up. Later, 
we learned that a man approached the group of Girl Scouts and the adults that were there, and he asked this question. How many cookies do you need to sell before you can stop this nonsense and get out of the cold and snow? And they talked a little bit, and the man ended up buying 100 boxes of Girl Scout cookies, 500 bucks worth of Girl Scout cookies. Well, that's impressive. And he asked the Girl Scouts to donate them to two nearby charities. Sorry, it wasn't us. If I could only go back in time, I would I would do that for us. But anyway, that's the beauty of Western New York, I think. I don't know if that guy was connected with Lent in any way, but it's that spirit of uh, helping someone, of giving up something that belongs or something that's important to you to help somebody else out. And that's that spirit that I uh, I love about where I live. And you guys are a huge part of that. I just see that in you and in our entire community, and I love it. Um, traditionally, there are certain foods that some Christians avoid during the six-week periods. People give up meat or dairy products or wine. Last year, I want you to know that I gave up Brussels sprouts for Lent. Yeah. I know. Just wanted you to know, pat myself on the back there. More often, though, people give up something that they really enjoy. Uh, It depends on you, right? It depends on the individual. Uh, If you grow up in a very strict Roman Catholic tradition, then you certainly have your traditions. Uh, other others may just have the tradition of giving up what's one simple thing, or just maybe fasting for one meal uh, during a week, or simply uh, simply eliminating one choice food from their diet for that period of time. It it can go beyond food, though, and that's what I want you to think about with me today. It can go beyond food, uh, like my friend who uh, said and. Uh, he, he sent me this note. He says, I'm going to the hospital for surgery. I'd appreciate your prayers. I'm giving up cancer for Lent. I go, yeah, buddy. I like that. Me too. Let's do that. Another guy said, I gave up procrastination for Lent this year, and I'm starting tomorrow. <laughs> well, I don't know about you. The, when you talk about fasting, that seems like an old-fashioned deal from the medieval times that is like punishing yourself for no apparent reason. Uh, maybe you heard about, uh, I don't know how you say, Gandhi, who who used fasting as a weapon to show resistance against, you know, the government where he was at. I, I remember a 26-year-old man named Bobby Sands, but that name rings a bell with some of you, he went on a hunger strike for a period of 66 days, starving himself to death, drawing attention to the uh, Irish Republican Army way back in 1981. Remember that? It's like, who would do that? Is there something more important than food? How could you do such a thing? So I think in our minds... <clears throat> 
giving up something, fasting seems to be reserved for fanatics or for very extreme situations. But on the other hand, you probably know somebody in your circle of friends and family that has given up something for Lent. Chocolate seems to be a popular choice. One man recently told me from, from Upward Basketball that there, he grew up with the family tradition that you gave up uh, chocolate for Lent. And thus, when you get to Easter Sunday morning, that big chocolate bunny was a really special thing for them because they had been without for six weeks. I think that we equate fasting with starving And that doesn't sound like very much fun. But the Bible hints that there is something in life more important than eating. Hmm. What could that be? More important than your routines. So last week, Jordan introduced the idea, and he explained how back in the Old Testament, a man named Ezra uh, led a group of exiles in a time of fasting because they were going to go on a long journey and they needed help. They needed God's protection and supply and presence. And so they were willing to give up food for a certain amount of time to pray and ask God's help. And, of course, the Lord came through on His end and got them where they were supposed to be. Um, In the Bible, fasting has a kind of a mixed history, if you will. It's mentioned more than 70 times, so it's in there. But it's only commanded once, one day a year during the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament. In the Bible, you find that people feast a lot more than they fast. And we're on that, we're on that side of the line, right? We'd better rather do that. When Jesus was on earth, he and his disciples participated in a lot of feast and were criticized for not participating in the ritual uh, ways of fasting. By example, however, there's uh, a lot of Old Testament heroes that show us that fasting is a discipline that shows both humility and dependence on God. And that's where we'd, we'd like to be in our adventure together. The Bible has a lot to say about the subject, both in practice and in example. There's guys like Moses and David and Elijah and Jehoshaphat. It's always funny for me to talk about fasting and the guy's name is Jehoshaphat. It just doesn't anyway. Daniel and Jesus and Hannah and Anna, to name a few. I read lots of biographies, guys like John Wesley and David Brainerd and Charles Finney and D.L. Moody, others who were about to attempt some great thing for God who before they made the attempt, dedicated time alone, gave up food to spend time with God. At the start of the book of Daniel, we're introduced to four young men. Uh, They've been selected by the invading army of Babylon and now deported back to Babylon. The Bible says that they were men from royal family, nobility, young men without any physical defect, Handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. These were, these were the recruits for the U.S. Military Academy and the U.S. Air Force Academy and the Naval Academy. And so they entered into training. But as they entered into training, they 
refuse the normal diet given to the recruits. They ask only to be given vegetables and water to drink. They didn't completely fast from everything. They just fasted from the royal food. And after a conversation with their supervisor, who thought he might lose his job if they looked poor, decided he would give them a 10-day test. Excuse me. And after that, he compared the appearance of Daniel and his friends with the rest of the cadets who ate the regular food. And of all things, Daniel and his buddies looked much better, so he commanded that everyone goes on the Daniel diet. Have you heard of the Daniel diet? It was a bestseller about five, six years ago. Um, Some guy took that idea and made it into a book and a bestseller. You guys should think about doing that. Take some idea from the Bible and people will buy it. Um, Later in the book, uh, Daniel received a very heavy-duty dream, a revelation from God. It was concerning the future of Israel. Uh, It was a troubling dream. It was hard to figure out. It was a great war in the heavenly places. It was a terrible thing. Daniel couldn't get it. It kept him up. And so for 21 days, he prayed for understanding. And this is what he said. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. I ate no delicacies, no meat or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for three full weeks. And the story goes that at the end of that time, a great spiritual victory came about and Daniel was able to get an explanation for this very troubling and powerful vision. And so that's why we've chosen to give it 21 days. Would you consider following the example of Daniel for 21 days? You can do it. Probably some of, some of you have done it before, and you can do it again. I'm asking you, would you give up something that's really important to you for something that's more important? March 24 through April 14th. The purpose of giving up something, of fasting, is to humble your spirit so you can get victory over selfishness and pride and sinful passion. You know, you just indulge. I I want to indulge all the time. Uh, Man, if there's ice cream in my house, it doesn't last very long. It's just, I'm trying, but I just want to indulge in it. So... We're probably like that in a lot of areas of our life. We just want that, and I want to take care of me. And for these 21 days, we're asking you to step back from something. Just step back from that. We know that we know about fasting during um, the Lenten season. We know the Muslim world fasts from sunrise to sundown during the month of Ramadan. Is coming up here in April. Uh, we know that in the law of Moses, uh, everyone was commanded to fast for a day on the Day of Atonement. That's in Leviticus chapter 16. No eating, drinking, bathing, or sexual relations. We know in Luke chapter 18, one man proudly prayed out loud that he fasted two times a week. Of course, His deal was that he wanted to be known and recognized for his devotion. 
which contradicts the very purpose of the activity. So in the Bible, there's no specific plan for a time and a place. There's just plenty of examples and principles to follow. It, it, it means nothing, though, if it's done for a show, if you announce it. It's just you and the Lord, a concentrated, concentrated time of prayer and concern for the Lord and for others. His will and His work. And the purpose is to subdue yourself and put the spiritual over the physical and to do it secretly. There's a lot that goes into this, but if you could just do something quietly, um, the Lord rewards you openly. It's amazing how that happens. So it's a humility versus pride thing. It's a secrecy versus a recognition thing. But I can tell you that going without food for a day is worthless unless you combine it with some spiritual activity. Time in God's Word, time alone with Him, uh, it's a learned discipline. And I recall the very first time I tried to fast for one day. It was the longest day of my life. Uh, it was a disaster, you guys. I just straight up tell you, it was a disaster. Um, I was a wimp. I was watching the clock, and it seemed like the batteries in the clock went out. It's like, come on, move along here, let's go. Is it dinner time yet? One comedian said, why do they call it a fast when it goes so slow? So that kind of thing. I was at that time only thinking about food. I I became hangry. You know the term hangry? Um, irritated. I was ashamed at my immaturity. And at the conclusion, I, f- I didn't feel closer to God. I felt guilt. How do people do this? I can't do this. I'm supposed to be able to do this. I can't. What is... But over time, I learned from others and grew in my understanding. I'm forever grateful for a man named Dr. James Dobson who one of his books, he challenged the reader because he was talking about raising his kids and how frustrating it was at times. Here he was supposed to be an expert in child development, you know, a doctor in that field, and it was just... He could tell you how to raise your kids, but his own kids were just giving him fits. And so he decided that on Tuesdays he would skip lunch and pray for his kids. Uh, Sometimes he fasted all day on Tuesday, but most of the time he just skipped lunch. He was a busy doctor. He, He would leave his office, lived in Southern California. He'd take a walk in the nice weather, and he'd just ask God's favor on his kids. Well, I can do that, I think. That's something I can do. The last time I tried it was a disaster, but I can maybe try this. So giving up lunch and praying for my kids. My kids walking with the Lord is more important to me than Tuesday lunch. That's how it came out. Skip Tuesday lunch, intercede for my kids. It's simple. He gave me this plan of action that I just tried once. And it's become... Uh, 
a practice over many years now. And over time, I've asked other dads to join me, skip lunch on Tuesday with me, and just let's just pray for our kids. And it's a partial fast. You can go back and eat dinner that night. You can drink water during the morning and afternoon to replace. You you can uh, you can try if you want to add to it to limit media and limit your phone calls so that you can spend that time with the Lord. Um, it started for me with a 30-minute walk and not eating, and it's grown from there. And I will tell you right now, James Dobson is one of my heroes uh, for a lot of reasons, but for sharing that idea with me. I'm forever grateful and for how the Lord has shielded and blessed my kids and helped them to grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and favor with man. And how many times has the Lord heard parents pray that prayer? <laughs> Just that would be enough. He has done more than I can ask or imagine. Let me just break it down for you and give you five kinds of fasting. Maybe one of these will fit you, okay? There's a normal fast. That's what Daniel did over the 21-day period. He abstained from delicacies, no meat or wine. So that's what he avoided. But it doesn't mean he avoided all food. He just avoided that. He abstained from certain foods for a certain amount of time. That's a normal fast. Okay, That's what people are doing during Lent. If they give up chocolate... Okay, they're not giving up everything, they're giving up something. The absolute fast is very different, though. You read about that a few times in the Scriptures. That's uh, refusing food and drink for a short time. Nothing enters your mouth. Yeah, you got to prepare your body for that kind of thing, because that's kind of crazy. But Saul in Damascus, after being blinded, uh, for three days he didn't eat or drink anything. There's a couple other examples of that as well. He was overcome by his encounter with Christ. Acts chapter 9, you can read about that. Then there's a partial fast, which is what we're asking of you. It's that you avoid certain foods or certain activities, meat, uh, sweets, words, the phone. This is, uh, this is found in Scripture like Elijah uh, ate only bread and meat, and then later he ate only simple cakes made from meal and oil. That's kind of forced on him because there's a famine in the land, but that's what he did. Then you could try this for the next 21 days, like John the Baptist. You could just eat uh, locusts and wild honey. I'm looking for volunteers for that. That would be a good thing. Um, then there's another fast called the corporate fast, and that's when a group of people uh, join together for one united purpose. Like in the book of Esther, when uh, the Jews were about to be annihilated, Esther called for all the Jews in the city not to eat or drink for three days so that she could appear before the king and make a request. That's a very desperate time, very desperate measure. But that's a corporate fast. She's calling all the people together. So that's what we're doing today. We're trying to get everyone to participate. But the, the cool thing is we won't know if you're participating. It's between you and the Lord. You get to choose. And then there's the national fast, like in the Day of Atonement, when everybody 
ceased activity to give the day to the Lord. It's also happened in the days of King Jehoshaphat when they were threatened by a a terrible enemy and they all stopped what they were doing and prayed and fasted, then went out for a great victory. So what I'm trying to say to you is that you have a lot of freedom and there's a lot of variations that you can uh, try here. You could follow the example of John Wesley, who for a time lived only on bread and water uh, and used that time to pray. It was in connection with the spiritual attack that he felt in his life. And he needed God to be present to help him through it, this great depression. Other other people can just choose the, the James Dobson method and just skip a meal once a week. One man I read about named Reese House didn't eat dinner for many days. He ate breakfast and lunch and just avoided dinner and spent the evening with the Lord. Um, I once joined a group of guys uh, in a three-week fast like Daniel. And it was organized via email. There were guys all over the region and some from far away. And um, we agreed... Well, some of us agreed that we would not eat during daylight hours. And some agreed to avoid all forms of meat. And one of the guys challenged us to avoid TV and uh, use that time to read and have conversations with people and invest in prayer. We wrote encouragement to each other every night, and that was cool. And it was really cool for me because it was in February, and one of the guys in the church at that time participating with us in the fast was a construction worker. And he put on his car hearts every morning and worked outside a lot during that stretch. And I wondered how he could do such a thing when I was uh, in my four layers in my office, you know, shaking. Boy. But once your body gets into the rhythm and your mind becomes more alert to the things of God, the scriptures somehow become more impactful and music that you listen to becomes more meaningful and the reading that you might do in another book or a biography becomes, it seems like it's written just for you. How did that guy know? How did that? Prayer becomes more genuine, more um, intense. And of course there's physical benefits, uh, a healthier body, Maybe a better appearance. We'll see about that, right? I know one thing's true. Your taste buds will awaken. Boy, the things that you avoid all of a sudden at the end of the fast taste really good. But the danger is that we will use it to gain attention. Look at what I am doing. Does everybody know that I have done this? And so you avoid all the benefits if you have that attitude. Here's what to expect if you if you go the hunger, the, the avoiding food, a lot of food at the same time. Um, you're going to be hungry and you're going to have cravings and you just might as well expect it. So I would say to Mike Bowers, do not put ice cream in your house during the fast. Do not do that. Okay, you're going to get cold. You're allowed to drink water. Water can replace the empties in your stomach. Uh, warm showers, more layers of clothes. Uh, if you're going to do the food thing, there's probably some dizziness that might come with that. Uh, you're going to have a desire to be 
uh, taking a nap sometimes when you don't usually feel like you're sleepy. Like, what is wrong with me? I think I need to close my eyes for a minute. Uh, on the other side, uh, there are these distractions that will come into your life. Satan sees what you're doing and says, not on my watch. And he's going to cause you to have a flat tire or the kid's going to throw up or something's going to happen and it's just going to possibly ruin your day. Don't let it. Uh, those are the distractions that come and just expect them. And of course there's this temptation to cheat because it's between me and God and God's gracious and compassionate. He won't care and nobody else knows so I can slip something. It's between you and the Lord. I'll just let it go with that. And you just need to know that small things will irritate you. Very small things. Like it's time to empty the garbage. Where's the other? I can't find any garbage bags in my house. Where are the garbage bags at? Where'd you put the garbage? And so you can't find the garbage bags and that becomes World War III. What? Right during the time when you're supposed to be devoted to the Lord. Ah, be ready for that. What I'm saying is it's a spiritual war that you're about to enter if you go on this adventure. And I can't tell you what's going to come your way, but something will come your way. And you pray your way through it. And then at the very end of whatever you've given up, there will be this great temptation to overdo it. Not just a dip of ice cream, but the whole darn box of ice cream. And then you pay for it tomorrow, right? So be smart about how you come out of the fast. We will send you stuff uh, through the prayer email thing about how to do some of this. Uh, there are reasons to fast. Um, I'll just list them for you there, and we'll we'll uh, we've printed them for you in the info page. We'll send them out to you as well. But you can see some of the reasons: uh, Jesus to overcome temptation, Paul and Barnabas when they were appointing elders, making a big decision, um, David when he was in a spirit of repentance, Nehemiah when he was asking for uh, what to do about this wall around Jerusalem. Um, Esther, as we mentioned about protection, um, David again praying for deliverance, uh, Anna in the temple it was her regular practice to be in the temple, uh, fasting and praying before the Lord in devotion to him. Um, and then King, uh, the, the people, when King Saul was killed, the people fasted for seven days. It was a time of grief. There's a lot of other reasons, but I'm trying to close here, but fasting helps to express your resolve. You're willing to give up something because something else is more important. You're willing to say, I don't want to do that. I want God's intervention in this, so I'll give up something and trade it for God's intervention. And again, you have liberty. You have freedom. You can participate if you want, how you want, as you want. It's between you and the Lord, but... As a church family, we're calling you together in a corporate time. And here's why. Our church needs direction. Our country needs to repent. Many are facing some severe illness. Uh, we have some families with major decisions in front of them. The enemy is looking for someone to devour. Uh, we need to be unified. Pride divides us. Humility unites us. The kingdom needs more workers for the harvest. Uh, God help us to raise up the next generation of workers. Our faith promise needs financial support. 
There's a lot of things. Will you join us? We're going to throw out on the prayer email these 55 prayer requests. You'll see. You can join us in that. Uh, Giving up food may not be possible for you. I'll just say that straight up. Many here may not be able to give up food for a time. Okay. I hope you'll give up something. I have some examples of some things you can give up. I hope you can see that it can be uh, public or private, individual, corporate, partial or total. It's whatever you want. But here's some ideas from things I've learned from other people that you could give up. Ready? Complaining. I don't want to give up complaining. Who would do that? <laughs> this You could give up complaining for the 21 days. You could give up sweets. Uh, senior citizens, you could give up Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Uh, that would be a big sacrifice for... Uh, for guys like me, giving up Sports Center would be just the same. Like, give up Sports Center for what? Uh, your phone might tell you how much time you you're, you were spent on your phone. It gives you a report every week how much time you spent on the phone. It's like, I did? That's terrible. I, Oh, my goodness. So you could give up some screen time. You could give up talking about other people. That would be good. Uh, any middle schoolers among us? You could give up video games. You could give up shopping. Uh, you could give up coffee. You could give up soda. Mm, you could give up worrying. This is for me and for all like me. You could give up excuses for not working out. You know, ah, tomorrow we'll do that. Yeah, we'll get that tomorrow. That's me. Uh, how about you could give up saying no? How about for 21 days you're just going to say, yeah, we'll do that. That'd be cool. You could teach that to your two-year-olds. Wouldn't that be something? (laughs) Just say yes, buddy. Uh, You could give up texting. I don't know if I could do a day. Maybe. I'd just throw my phone away. Um, You could give up low self-esteem. How about throwing out this poor me attitude? You can't do it. I'm no good. How about throwing that out? How about staying inside? Could you give up staying inside? I was talking with Deb yesterday. I read somebody said, for the next 21 days, how about one hour outside in the fresh air doing something? Whatever it is. Just get outside. How about the news? You'd probably be in a better mood if you gave up the news for 21 days. I don't know. Um, How about every time you want to put yourself first for 21 days, you put somebody else first? There's a switch. And, of course, there's certain meals that you could give up. Uh, you can pick the one. We've given you some examples. Just pick something. Uh, some, some of us have good intentions that we're going to do something for somebody else, but we didn't do it. Good intentions, right? How about you put that off? How about pay it forward right now? Do it during these 21 days. Do something. How about give something away? I've seen some of your garages and you've seen mine. Yeah, we can give something away, I think. How about giving up uh, salty snacks for 21 days? How about, how about giving up trash? The mental trash of music, movies, 
habits, and friends. How about just removing that trash out of your life for 21 days? How about giving up swearing? You didn't think I knew? Oh, yeah. Um, How about that? How about you could give up alcohol for 21 days? One guy told me to identify with the developing world and the poverty in it. He decided for 21 days he would give up hot showers and hot baths. Yeah. That's pretty radical. Um, I read of one woman who decided for 21 days she was going to give up makeup. That's a form of a fast. Uh, One possibility is that you could give up fast food. Uh, One is that you, the clutter in your room, your house, whatever it is that you said you were going to take care of, you could get rid of it, give up the clutter. Okay. What I'm asking is that you guys are smarter than I am, and you could help me add to this list. I will put this list out on our prayer email, but I would ask you to add to it, because you guys have been down this road, and you know what worked for you and what was hard for you to give up. And I I would welcome the ideas, because we're in this together. Um, We will give you some materials online and also printed next week. And there are many resources online that you could look at if you'd like to do those searches. You have a couple days to consider how you will participate. I would just ask you all to participate in some way, shape, or form. Okay, You can do this. It's an adventure. And what I know is this. God will meet you in this. He's watching. He wants to encourage your walk. He wants to answer your prayer. And if you can just see your way clear to spend some time with Him, He promises to meet you, hear you, and respond to you. It's the coolest thing. And uh, I don't know how it will work out, but I can promise you that God will meet you there. So if you, as you join this and you have issues, I mean, talk, talk to me, talk to us. We would welcome it. I'd like to know what you're learning and growing in. And you'll hear from us in the next couple of weeks too about what's going on with us. But um, respond. Let us know how you're doing. Can I just commit this to the Lord? And then and I'll invite the worship team up as we close as well here. Lord, I just want to give this uh, time to you. Uh, Thank you for these precious people that you have put into my life and into our church. Lord, I know that you want to meet them. You want to do a work in them. You want to use them for your glory. You want to help them overcome some of the things that are troubling them. And uh, God, we're praying for a breakthrough. Some need healing. Some need uh, repentance. Some need revival. Some need to quit the procrastination and excuse making. We've all got our thing, Lord. And uh, I pray that as a church, you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit to do a work in each one of us and in all of us corporately. Change us to be more like you and more willing to serve you. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all.